It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming into the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. I'm here to inform you and inspire you and empower you, hopefully to get you think, feel, and maybe even act by virtue of my guests who come on to share their stories and experiences with you and with me, and it's been a real education for me, and I hope if you've been listening to the show, you've picked up some information that'll stretch your mind and stretch your spirit and really help you see beyond that fence in your backyard. Here we are on Guys Guys Radio. We've got a great show today. I've got a a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Hammond. He's written a book called The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. And what Huna is, it's it's a Hawaiian version of shamanism, it's uh, related to the Hopanopano, which we will talk about, a uh, version of shamanism. And it's really, you know, when you look at shamanism anywhere, it's all about, it's about energy, it's about divinity, it's about love, it's about recognizing the God in everybody that you come across and everything that you come across. And it's really made a big change in Jonathan's life. And he's got a great story. His book is The Shaman's Mind, Who Know Wisdom to Change Your Life. And we're going to talk about his experiences in New York and in Hawaii. And also he does spiritual counseling, shamanic healing. He's a Reiki master like I am, chakra balancing, and also breath work. So a lot of good stuff for you to consider and maybe weave into your lifestyle. Jonathan Hammond's going to be our special guest. So what's going on out there, Guys Guys Radio? Well, before anything else, I want to make sure I do a proper shout-out to my producers. First, Ryan Gilpatrick. He's been with me for a number of years, and he's done a fantastic job. And uh, he's still going to be with us in, uh, in the various capacities, but um, yeah, I want to make sure he gets all the credit he deserves. And also, we've got Christina Marcello is our new producer, uh, line producer, and she's doing a fantastic job. So thank you, Christine, for being with me and on Guys Guys Radio, doing a great job, and we're having a lot of fun. And hopefully the quality of the show keeps getting better and better and better because we're here for you on Guys Guys Radio. So what's happening out there? Um, Just real quick, I think the most important thing that's happening out there, I don't like to get into politics, as you know, on Guys Guys Radio. There's plenty of places you can go to get your politics, and it's usually, you know, one side or the other side, and uh, I think uh, I like to keep Guys Guys Radio kind of uh, out of politics, but I will say one thing, this whole thing with the post office, we've got to make sure that we protect the post office. I know I get my mail, I get my bills, I pay bills through the mail. I actually think for voting with this year, and because the country's so divided, I think they should have people vote in person, by mail, by computer, whatever it takes to get people registered who are uh, allowed to vote, they should be able to vote. And let's get as many people voting as possible because this is a this is a year where an election where there's so many points of view and so much division that I think it's important that everybody be heard and we finally get an answer on who we want to lead this country once and for all. And without getting into any nonsense about fraud and this and that, let's just let the post office do their job. We have to fund the post office. It's a thread that keeps a part of the fabric of America. No matter what side you're on, you have to admit that. And I've talked to people from both sides, and everybody agrees to that. So let's clear that up, and then let's get everybody out there voting. I don't think they're going to allow online voting this year, but I, I think 
since we do everything else online, I pay my taxes online, and I'm sure a lot of you do too, and do your banking, and we do it by mail, we do it by computer. So, you know, with anything, there can be some issues, but these are the ways we do things nowadays. So let's, uh, let's, let's keep moving into the 21st century, folks. So anyhow, that's my little bit on, on the election and voting, but I'm not going to pick sides or anything like that. That's up for you, and everybody's got their opinion, and I respect that. And I, I respect the people, regardless of their opinions, because, uh, you know, friends are friends, and everybody's entitled to think what they think. So, guys, guys, radio, what else is happening out there? Well, I've almost been in Southern California for a year, and it's interesting that my friends from New York say, hey, wow, you got out of there just in time. And then I read a lot and see a lot and listen to people here saying, oh, they can't wait to get out of California. But I have to say, coming from the Northeast, it's been a breath of fresh air. I know things have slowed down because of the COVID, but it's been great so far. I really enjoy it. And I know it's expensive and I know there's a lot of people here. So I'm used to that from New York. And New York is really congested and really expensive. So it's a little bit different and I'm enjoying it and my family's enjoying it. So we hope to be here for a couple of years and see what happens from there. So thank you, San Diego, for being a wonderful city that we're in. I know it's got problems with homelessness and all kinds of stuff like every big city has. But you want problems, come to New York City and where, places I've lived and been and you'll see big, big problems. Uh, and they're going to have a tough time getting over the hump here because the uh, COVID has uh, really impacted the quality of life there because people moved to New York for a reason. And a lot of it's proximity, taking advantage of the restaurants, the small clubs, the uh, Broadway, etc. And a lot of that stuff you can't take advantage of now. So you're paying a premium and you're living in tight quarters and you're not getting what you paid for. And it's going to take a while for everything to come back. But New York is doing a very good job uh, that they did through the lockdown. They're starting to come back now. And it's a monstrosity to try to manage New York City, but they're doing pretty good. So shout out to New York and shout out to San Diego. So we're here on Guys Guys Radio. We've got Jonathan Hammond as our guest. So let's get right at it. It's Guys Guy Radio. A special guest today. His name is Jonathan Hammond. He's written a new book. It's called The Shaman's Mind Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. And Jonathan, like myself, longtime New Yorker, though he's not there now, and he actually was really turned on, had his inciting incident in life, if you will, when he went to Hawaii and learned about Hawaiian shamanism. And as you know, I recently interviewed uh, Alberto Villoldo, and he's a famous shaman. And I, I'm really curious to learn more about uh, the power of plant medicine, how we can work on ourselves. And from everybody I've spoken to over the years, one thing I've gleaned, and that's over 500 interviews, and that is we have to do the work. The individual can do the work and it's limitless what we can do, but we have to start. If you wanna change the world, you gotta start with yourself. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Jonathan Hammond's a teacher, energy healer, shamanic practitioner, and spiritual counselor. Before beginning his work in holistic health and spirituality, he had a career, award-winning actor, very highly trained, appearing on Broadway and on TV. He graduated Harvard, University of Michigan. He's an interfaith minister, certified spiritual counselor, and he also holds certificates as a master teacher in shamanic Reiki, Cherokee bodywork, and Ho'oponopono, and is an ordained Alakai 
leader guide through Aloha International. He teaches classes, uh, obviously lots of classes online now. He gives lectures in shamanism, energy healing, spirituality, Huna and the One Spirit, Learning Alliance in New York, the Omega Institute, and many other venues around the world. And he's written this fantastic book that I've been going through this week called The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom, wisdom to Change Your Life. And I sure, I'm sure I botched the pronunciation of ho o Pano, pano, pano. Is Jonathan Hammond? For what it's worth, no one says it right, so don't worry about it. How do you? How do you? Ho'oponopono. Ho, pono. Okay. Yeah. So let's close it up. At the at the very beginning, um, you're a Reiki master from the Yasui lineage, and so am I. And uh, so we can attune other people, and we can work on other people. And I found I'd like to start out talk about Reiki a little bit because. People are, are getting hip to Reiki now. Uh, if you have post-surgery in a hospital, you can always get a Reiki session. People don't know about that. It doesn't, in my opinion, uh, it doesn't cure anything, but it puts you in a position to cure yourself. It's like a flowing stream and eliminating rocks that are kind of blocking your energy meridians. And it's changed my life uh, I, when I did the different levels of the training, where when I finally became attuned as a Reiki master teacher, I felt like while I was sitting at the beach one day and I felt like I could reach out and put my finger about a mile away into the ocean. And I noticed that it's changed my perspective on everything since that day. And now it's just kind of in, uh, uh, integrated in, in my energy and my energetic field in my system. That to me is Reiki. What is it to you, Jonathan, and what has your experience been in being attuned and also working with others? Yeah. So, um, you know, all the shamans were, were, were working with energy. That's what sh shamanism shamans do. They, they work with energy. And uh, uh, the Usui lineage uh, is, is uh, it specifically comes out of Japan, but it was, it's pointing towards something universal, which is the, the energy of nature. So if you think of, if you think of nature, the, the nature has its own creative force. Nature's always moving towards growth. It's always moving towards its own unfoldment. And um, and the, the process of Reiki is about um, how we can channel that same force of energy, that life force, that nature force, which which then, of course, uh, helps with healing, certainly helps with um, uh, any kind of relaxation, entering into other spiritual realms. And we, we all have access to that direct revelation. We have access to it, whether or not we're Reiki trained or not. But Reiki provides us with a, a systematized approach that helps us actually enter into that. And in ent entering into that and allowing ourselves to be a vessel for uh, healing energy to flow, we're, we're entering into uh, a, a kind of lineage that's very universal. Because as I said, all indigenous cultures, the, the shamans there were working with this healing energy. So the way Reiki uh, has worked with me, at least, and Jonathan, please correct me, is it comes in through my crown chakra and goes out through my hand. So yeah. I'm basically a conduit. And I noticed that when I stopped getting in the way, um, it worked a lot better because I didn't want to give away my energy. And I found out one time I gave somebody, a, it was a night before the New York City Marathon. And I gave a friend a Reiki treatment because she made me a nice pasta dinner. And I ran the worst race of my life. And I'm like, I was bonked by the 13 mile mark. And I'm like, and I was in the greatest shape I've ever been in. I'm like, I, I made a mistake. I should have never done that. And if I did it, I know not to allow my energy to escape me, actually. So when you do your work, um, how do you do it? How do you ground yourself? How does the energy flow? And, and what do you feel when you're working on somebody? 
Well, you're absolutely right. It is, uh, you know, it's kind of like there, there's a, a healing grid around the planet. And essentially we can, we can tune into that, that grid of energy. You could call it spiritual intelligence. You could call it God, you could call it divinity, whatever you want to call it. But, but uh, essentially when you invite that in and it does come in uh, through the crown of your head, I think that that's, um, that, that that's how I sort of feel it too, and moves through your body and moves through your hands. Um, uh, so, so I think that's a, a good way to, uh, to look at it, um, in terms of, in terms, and in terms of getting, getting out of the way, it's about tuning into something that is so much bigger than us. And, um, and, you know, these spiritual intelligences they're you know, I often say they're 30 steps ahead, you know, and they, they know what's better for us more than we do. And so to open ourselves to that is to open to a divine intelligence. Uh, that, that has its own wisdom and its own directionality and even its own intention. And the more that we can get out of the way and let that come through, uh, the, the more that we can find out that there are surprises that spirit has in store for us that are way better than kind of what our pea brains would, could come up with on our own. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, the idea of just being a vessel is, is, uh, um, is really great. And we, we all have access to that. Now, when you work on somebody, uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to do a little bit of a deeper dive on Reggie, yeah. if you don't mind, because we sure. both practice, and you a lot more than I do. Um, but um, a couple of things. One, um, some people, uh, they do a scan, and they'll find if there's a problem in a certain area, and obviously you can do your intention and your symbols through that area. But I also have found, and I want to get your take on it, Jonathan, is if, if you give the Reiki, it just, the energy goes where it needs to go. It knows, as you were saying, the universal intelligence, it knows where it needs to go in the body. So it's not as important to like direct to a very specific place unless there's a real problem there. Otherwise, if you do a general overview, it'll shift things around. And I find people, you know, they'll burp or they'll fart or they'll go to the bathroom afterwards or they'll cry or whatever. You see all these emotions come out because so many people uh, are blocked, are stuck. Is that right. been your experience? Also? That's right. That's right. And uh, even in the in the Hawaiian tradition that I come from, uh, the the Hawaiians believe that all illness, all illness is is a form of tension, whether that, that tension be physical, emotional, or spiritual. And so, um, when in in the facilitation of the deeper relaxation and of the altered state, because when you're administering Reiki on someone, you're actually inviting someone into an altered state of consciousness. What does that mean? That just means that that we all have access to those hidden realms. If, anytime you pray, anytime you you meditate, you're shifting the brainwave frequency just enough in order to enter into uh, these other realms. And so when someone is receiving Reiki, they're actually entering into the, into those hidden realms and what's contained there, healing spiritual forces. And those, those forces work on the areas of the body that need to be worked on. And you're right. The, the, the energy will go where it's supposed to go. And that's the reason why people will, they will have a release. And, and like you said, a burp or, or a fart, or they'll have a cry. And the idea is, is that, but the idea is, is that they're releasing that tension, right? Yeah. Okay, so it, on your website, you talk about you work in the spiritual and intuitive counseling, shamanic yep. healing, Reiki, chakra balancing, and breath work. How how do how do you pack that all together, and how how does that intersect with your uh, path that you went on with Puna Wisdom um, and the shaman's uh, way, if you will? Yeah, so there there uh, there are so many ways in. There are so many ways in, and um, uh, and yeah, I do work, work with a lot of different modalities. The one thing that I found was that there was a universal way to think about all of this material. 
uh, a way to think about working with energy, a way to think about working with healing. And that came from Hawaii. So after I had studied the chakras and had studied breathwork and had studied Reiki, then I uh, and, and studied shamanism and shamanic healing, uh, then I found this this wisdom that comes out of Polynesia that actually, in a very simple way, uh, uh, helps you enter into. There are seven principles that we follow in Huna, and if you follow the seven principle, principles and you integrate them into your ways of working, you enter into how shamans think, how healers think, and mm -hmm. uh, and and it's a different way of thinking than than uh, how we normally think. And um, and so what I found with that philosophy. That, that comes out of Polynesia was a way to uh, to integrate my own mind with the magical thinking of the shamans. It was all it was all things that I was already doing, but I just found a system that helped me understand why this all works. I got it. Uh, perfect explanation. Thank you. So the seven principles that you mentioned uh, of Juana, let's go through them. The world is what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, the world, no, so let's go through the sure, seven. Sure, okay? sure, sure. Yeah. So, so there are there are seven principles that we follow and you've heard all these before, uh, but, right. you, uh, but, uh, but to have them all in one place and uh, right. it is really helpful. So the first principle says the world is what you think it is. So that means that that how we think, what we think and believe not only affect our experience of the world, but that the world itself, that reality itself will shift and change based on our very thoughts. So that means that what's going on between our ears is is, is has a co-creative influence on the world. So that means you think your life into being. So, okay. uh, so and that's why it's important to really look at, at, at your thoughts. Uh, the second principle says that- no, hang, on, hang on, yeah, go, ahead, wanna, go ahead. Let me interrupt because yeah. I want for our listeners, I want to just give an example of each one of these things because to me, we have heard all of these things, but when you integrate them together, you get a very beautiful blend and a stew that really, I think, helps you. So for the first point, the world is what you think it is. Let's just discuss this very briefly and that is, we create, you know, there's no, the past is gone, the future hasn't arrived yet, and so many people are pining for both. But we're right now, you and I are talking right now, that's it, that's all that really counts. And I don't think a lot of people, enough people, if you will, think that way. And when you begin to live in the present, you then can create your world. So if you're thinking of, oh my God, COVID, 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 you know, you're attracting it to you. So you have to be really careful about what you think about. Jonathan? Yeah, in in fact, you know, there's there's common narratives around like the coronavirus, like what's going on right now and all the tumult and all that. And there are common narratives that we see on television uh, that say that this is a difficult time and a tumultuous time and all that. And that's one narrative. And 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 if that's the narrative that you choose to uh, that you choose to align with, then that will be your experience of what this is. But the, the fact of the matter is that this time has been prophesied on the planet as a time of deep change, systemic change, and that even though this is a tumultuous and even scary time, it's also a hugely beneficial one where, where so many unconscious forces are being excavated for us to look at in a different way. And we are moving toward a new consciousness. And I would even go as far as say, as anyone listening to this to, to this program, on some level, know that they're a part of that shift in consciousness. And so if the world is what you think it is, if you want to think of what's going on in the world right now that way, then that becomes your reality. That becomes the narrative of this, rather than the, the scary one with the virus that's coming to get me. Got it. Okay, Jonathan Hammond, The Shaman's Mind, is his book, Huna, Wisdom to Change Your Life, Point two uh, called Kala, 
There are no limits. There are no limits. So that means that it, this is a limitless universe. And so what that means is that there is no separation. So we are all part of one great happening. And we are an individual aperture through which that one great happening sees itself. Another way to think of it is that we are all individual waves on the ocean, but we can't separate ourselves from the ocean. So that means that whatever we do, work we do on ourselves, whatever healing we do on ourselves, whatever self-development we do on ourselves has a, a, an impact, a direct impact on the collective. And in that way, if we heal ourselves, we heal the world. So would that also uh, imply that God or spirit experiences itself through us? That, that's right. That, that's right. We are all we are all if we had just been left alone, we are just we are just divine beings. We are just we are a spark of the divine and um, and and it's all divine. And so we are we each play an individual in we are each an individual spark in that one unity. And so and and if we're going to if we're going to treat ourselves as a spark of the divine, that means that loving ourselves becomes a whole different uh, intentionality, because if we just in the same way that we would revere the divine, we if we revere ourselves, we're actually we're, we're actually just simply uh, doing the most natural thing imaginable. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um the greatest thing I've ever learned, or one of the greatest things I've ever learned is that once, that's been life-changing for me, is that once you recognize the divinity in everything, every individual, as well as, even if they're being crazy or whatever, it's not their fault, and the trees, the pavement, everything, that God is everything. Once it, you start to look at things that way, your life changes. Has that happened, occurred for you, Jonathan, as in your path of shamanism? Of course, you know we're we're we are all walking around with a, a case of mistaken identity. We have all forgotten or been uh, been treated in such a way that that we believe ourselves to be something other than what than what we actually are. There's a famous Buddhist monk who once said, "If we could all see ourselves as we actually are, we would fall down and worship each other." Mm -hmm. And 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 that's re that's really um, that's really a truth. And so. So it's it's not about that we're not God beings having a human experience. It's what is in us that obscures that, you know, that that doesn't allow us to see that about ourselves. Now, uh, let's 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 pause on that before we get into the third uh, third one. Energy flows where attention goes, because I think what's happening is, you know, you go on Facebook and now Facebook is just one big argument. It, all people do on Facebook is argue. It's no fun anymore. I mean, if you want to get look at pictures and have some more fun, you know, go to Instagram or whatever. That's just my own personal opinion until that gets destroyed. But Facebook is just a place to argue. But it seems like in our culture, and we've seen this through the COVID thing, it's become politicized. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. What is going on in the world? Because it's supposed to be a time of great awakening. And in time of great awakening, that there's an ascension process going on, that the vibration is raising itself. Is what is happening, Jonathan, from your purview, that some people can't handle this uh, raising of the vibration and frequency, and it's making them crazy. And then a lot of people are going to check out because of that. And the world is going to change, and it's going to change for the better. But we've got to get through these tumultuous times. Well, um, I, I think there's there's a piece here that's really important, inherent in healing. In, literally on the on the opposite side of the coin of healing is resistance. 
and with whenever there's growth or change and there is always resistance and so a lot of what's what's going on right now is that there is this there is this absolutely this planetary shift that's happening and with that planetary shift and we are going in a certain direction and with that planetary shift everyone is being asked to look at how they would have to change in order to align with where we're going and the and in terms of the covid-19 you know that is an intelligent force that comes from the earth to say to us it's time to look at this stuff this is not good enough i the earth I, the earth says to us i've provided you with everything you need to sustain yourself to the end of time and you're just not doing it and so y'all need to go to your room and you need to and you need to go think about what you've done on some level and uh, you know and and you all and everyone needs to go inward to figure out what what do i individually need to do in order to move move with this with this major earth shift and with that of course is resist, resistance i actually think that what's going on right now is the time of the healer and and will continue to be so because as everyone is adjusting to the new normal with adjustment always requires uh, that we have a companion to help us through that adjustment because we 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 will resist and uh, it, it's the human nature you know there's a there's a uh, default network in the brain that constantly ca causes us to replay the past and worry about the future because it wants to create a continuity of self that it understands itself to be and so it'll agitate us when we start to mess with that with that sense of self but that sense of self for all of us is shifting and changing. And that's what that agitation is. And that's why there, there, there is all the fighting. And that's why it's even, it's even, I want, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to wear my mask. I don't want to change. I don't want to adapt. You know, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's all going on. And then on the other side, why won't you adapt? Why won't you change? Don't you see it's better over here? And, and all of that. And, and I would say that, that the place to be is really in the middle place where you can see all of it. And um, and allow yourself to kind of hold consciousness around all of it rather than take a side so much, because that's just going to lead to more resistance. And I think it's more about like we're all in this together. What a and, beautiful, and, what a yeah. beautiful response, Jonathan. Thank you. Our special guest, Guys Guys Radio, Jonathan Hammond. The Shaman's Mind is his book, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. We're talking about the seven principles of Huna. We're up to number three, Makia. Yeah. Energy flows where attention goes. This is it, it's really an amazing idea. So where we place our focus and attention, what we give our focus and attention to elicits the energy that will bring about the creation, the, the, the nearest physical equivalent of whatever we put our focus and attention on. So that means that whatever we're putting our focus and attention on elicit energy that bring about what it is that we're focusing on. So again, it speaks to the power of the mind and it speaks to that the power of the mind actually elicits the creative energy of the universe to manifest on our behalf. So it's yeah. really important, you know, with the, with the Huna philosophy, it's really important that you pay attention to what you're paying attention to because whatever, because whatever you're paying attention to is in the process of becoming matter. Okay. Now the next one, Manawa. 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 So, yeah, you sort of got at it. Now is the moment of power. So, so you know, in it, you've heard obviously you've heard of mindfulness and being in the present moment and all of that. Uh, and a, a mystic may want to abide in the now, but the shamans they want to do something with the now. They want to take action in the now. And so, 
Because now is the only place we can do anything, now is the moment of power. That's what this principle says, that you can only access power in the now because now is the only place where you can where you can actually do something. So you can't get burnt by yesterday's sun. You can't get wet by tomorrow's rain. The only place where you can do anything is right now. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, that we ultimately, the responsibility is with us, but that's a really good thing because the power of an individual to heal themselves actually sends the healing out to others because we're all connected. So it's a really good thing. So in and, your life, Jonathan, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and also just to, just to say that, you know, it also means that, you know, we drag around the past. We drag around old stories. We drag around what happened to us and we bring that into the now. And what that principle is saying is that at any moment we can start over. And who you think yourself to be is who you think yourself to be right now. And if there's something about the past that you've done that you don't like or that, some, that, that did to you, you can in the moment now change how you want to think about that. And you can only do that right now. So it, it puts that uh, Huna is, is so much about the personal responsibility that we, that we each individually carry and, and the magical tool that is choice okay. that, we are all, that we are always that, that's always available to us. Yes. So as on a practical and practical terms for for our listeners again, it seems to me that so many people have trouble with exactly what you're talking about. And there's two parts of it. One is uh, the ability to release. We all carry around our emotional baggage and it's really hard to release things. And then the other more the other very difficult area that people don't talk about as much is that it's really a challenge to learn how to receive that it's limitless what you can receive because people put their ceilings up above themselves and they don't feel worthy or they don't feel they can receive miracles. So in your experience, Jonathan, talk to us about that to help our yeah. listeners. So uh, there's only a vast field of reality onto which we can project anything. And what we project with our thoughts and beliefs then cordon off, petition off reality that that uh, and that becomes our world. So I'll just give you an example. So if you are, I use this example a lot. If you're a 35 year old woman and you think it's too late for me, all women over 35 end up alone, and that is a belief that you give your focus and attention to, and you give legitimacy and clout. The spiritual intelligence of the universe have to work with that belief, and you have taken you have taken a belief and you've cordoned off reality in order to fit into that belief. And as much as the spiritual intelligences would love to sit the guy next to you on the subway, they know that they can't reach you because you have a belief that creates your reality that doesn't allow that to come in. So, so that's a that's a way to think of it. So, in terms of limitlessness. Um, uh, it is a limitless universe, but we can only receive what we are willing to receive. And the only way to to adjust what we are willing to receive is to have beliefs around what it is that we want and what it is that we are willing to receive. So from my perspective, uh, it is perfectly appropriate to really want to want what you want, to yearn for what you yearn for. What you want, what you yearn for is in, in fact a deep part of who you are. And to let that be is to invite in receiving it. Mm -hmm. But to, to uh, pathologize what it is that we want is to, uh, is to cordon off ourselves from receiving it. Okay. Uh, you know, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio. And Guys Guy doesn't mean any particular type of guy, except for it's a humanity thing. It's about a woman can be a guy's guy. It's not straight, gay or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's about 
recognizing the divinity in other people, treating people respectfully and just being a good good person. Why is it, and this has been my observation, I could be wrong, but you're, 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 you're serving people and you're working with people and healing people all the time. Women seem a lot more open to these things. And even, you know, I wrote a book, it's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex and power and money. And it's like the male sex in the city and women read it. You know, what is it about men where they get stuck? And I see it with my friends. I'm a boomer. They, you know, they'll, they're doing the exact same thing. A lot of them, not all of them. They're getting curious now. They're awakening now to a certain extent, which is good. But men seem to get stuck. Has that been your experience? And what yeah. can we do to help them? And I'm, I'm a guy, so I get stuck too. And my wife points it out to me all the time. Like, you got to let this go. You got to let things in. You got to get rid of things that are like bogging you down. I just went through a situation that we talked about prior to the show, Jonathan, where I was so emotionally attached to my life in New York City that it was, it was getting to me. It was creating problems in cl- the closing of my place and things like that. I finally prayed to ask for Archangel Michael, come and take your sword and cut off that emotional tie I have to this place and let me let me be free to to go on. What is it about men where we get stuck? Yeah, well, I, I work with a lot of men. I work, I work with a lot of heterosexual men. And, um, and you know, the men's, the men's movement, men, uh, masculine spirituality, that started around 1999. That's not even 20 right. years old. And, and, and what that means is, is that men have not um, had a model uh, to emulate in the culture that's something other than Marlboro Man, uh, you know, uh, or MMA you know, or yeah, manscaping, or, right? Right. You know, uh, and and um, and and really, m- men have not been been shown that they actually are full. They get to have full expression of their feelings. That they um, uh, that the, that they're allowed to want. That they're allowed to be vulnerable. That they're they're that they're allowed to be scared. That um, uh, that they are. That they that the integrated man serves the community, you know, rather than takes from the community, um, and these are all things that we're we're not taught to men, and um, and so it's just and and so men are just really in the beginning of this unfoldment. What does it really mean uh, that we are all on a spectrum? We do all men do have feminine qualities. And what do I mean by feminine? Nothing having to do do with mannerisms. The feminine is intuitive. The feminine it feels into interconnection. The feminine is connected to the emotional realms, and um, and one of the things that's going on on the planet is that is that um, as has been prophesied that this is a time when the masculine and the feminine will come together in a different way. Uh, the Quechua people talk about the previous two thousand years being a very masculine dominated time, and it's great because it, we develop science and technology and and um, uh, and all those things. But but we're out of balance, and what we're needing now is the feminine. We're needing the earth wisdom, and and um, and and every man, so many men are feeling the need to bring that into their context of what a man is, and that's actually if you talk about masculine power. That's what it, to feel your feelings. That's actually a, a, a powerful place to be in. To be vulnerable, that is a place to uh, uh, that all men should aspire to be. And so, how, so does, how, does, how does how does modern man though? How do you balance that, Jonathan? Because you know a lot of what I've read and talked to a lot of people and interviewed people is you know women want men to be men in the best sense of the word, and that doesn't mean macho, but they don't want 
blubbering. You know, they don't want you blubbering and fe- being too sensitive. They want to feel like, okay, he, he he's a guy. So there's a good thing about like that beast of knuckle dragging beast of burden. Sometimes he can carry the bags from the car and stuff like that. Wh- whatever it is that how does how 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 can you be a guy and kind of open yourself up to all aspects of yourself and your quote unquote feminine side without falling over the edge and being seen as like, oh, look at what, look at the wuss he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an so, issue. It's, I mean, yeah, am I yeah, wrong? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I see what you're saying. It's, I would, I would go so far to say that, that what women are, are women aren't responding, responding to wusses and blubbering. They're responding to, <laughs> they're, they're responding to, I'm not getting my needs met. You're not feeling into me. And that's a that's a, and you're not expanding. The woman is the, the feminine. What, what could be masculine could be men, men and men, women and women. Doesn't matter. But the right. but, but the feminine polarity is is one that is to receive and is to expand, and the masculine polarity is to facilitate that expansion. And so you and so if if uh, if being more emotional helps you facilitate that expansion because you can feel into the needs of the feminine more then that's not blubbering that's not wuss that's mm-hmm. actually uh, that's actually entering into your manhood in order to or, or your masculine i should say in order to expand the feminine so so i, I don't think it's a, i think it's a, i think what women are getting at is i i'm waiting for my needs to get met and i think exactly. that i you know rather than rather than something weak Mm-hmm. No, the very thank you for articulating that for me, because what we're trying to do is really help the dudes out there because they're getting it from all angles and uh, we want to help them. And, and it has been the past 2000 years has been in, in some ways male dominated. But, you know, if you really look back before that, women were running the show. So now it's That's coming true. back. It's coming back again. So things have a way of evening them, themselves out. And just to say, too, I mean, I think I think a, a part of the, the contemporary uh, modern man is uh, is actually about despite the fact that there's a lot of uh, posturing and a lot of uh, uh, bravura, I don't think men actually feel good about themselves. I don't think that men allow themselves to actually feel good about themselves. There's always this sense of, uh, I need to be more, I need to be doing more, I need to be more impressive, I need to be, and, um, and, uh, and, and I think the, the acceptance of actually who we are. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in indigenous cultures, there were aspects of, uh, of one's development that were, that were celebrated. There were initiations, initiations into uh, adulthood, initiations into adolescence. And um, and we we've lost so many of those in this culture. And it's in the initiation where you're saying to the man, this is who you are. You get to be this. You get to own this about yourself. You get to feel good about yourself. And, and and I think that what what sociologically what we're so um, what what so many men are so uh, uh, mired in is just that I'm uh, it's I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not enough that there's there's a, a, a there's a, a level of masculine power of which I I am constantly falling short. You know, I think, think some of that is driven by, you know, you've got the media, you've got MMA, you've got uh, the, the president um, comes across very I'm strong. And, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of that it's propagating this division, if you will. And this uh, definition, this very limited definition of masculinity, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of getting in a, in the in the way it sounds like. Well, I, you know, I, I think that um, the the biggest thing that gets in our way in terms of living a purpose driven life, uh, living a life that that is coming from our own truth, a, a, a life that we create for ourselves, is that we care 
too much about what everyone thinks. Everyone is trying to assimilate. You turn on the television, it tells you how you're supposed to look. You tell the, you turn on the television, it tells you, it tells you what men are, what women are, what what your money's supposed to look like, what black people are, what they are, you know. And and um and we're all we we're all haunted by this idea of fitting in, and to live a purpose-driven life, and certainly a spiritual life. And a spiritual life is about following invisible forces, following your gut. It's not about it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. And so so um, part of part of everyone's growth and development is how do I not try to assimilate, but to actually come for myself? You know, a lot of times in my private practice, I'll say to a client and they'll be bathed with relief when I say it. I'll say, you know what? You're a little weird. And when I say it to them, I can just see the relief as if to say, like, thank God I don't have to fit in with everyone else because I don't feel like I do. And, and, and that is so much uh, that's so much part of the culture, so much part of Instagram and Facebook, even even, um, you know, if you're on the right side of Black Black Lives Matter, are you doing it right? Are you assimilating with, you know, are you protesting in the right way? Are you saying the right thing, uh, you know, or, or certainly the opposite side? And, and I think all of that, I think that that truth is individual. It's one of the principles of Huna that that what what works is true. What works for you is true. The truth the truth is relative. There's no absolute truth, and it comes from you. And you can only find that by saying thank you all for your opinion, but I'm going to come from me. I love it, Jonathan Hammond, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. So, Jonathan, how has this experience? in shamanism and Hunan wisdom changed your life? I think that we all, not all, uh, I think maybe maybe all, but I think for some people it, it's so obscured that they, they can't feel it. We're all supposed to serve the collective in some way. We're all supposed to, to we all have a part to play that is bigger than us um, because it's all interconnected. And more than anything else, not just for me, but for everyone to find out what that is, to find out how your life serves. You know, the, the indigenous people talk about that what they that the actions that they take reverberate seven generations. And so that means that everything that we do really matters, that we are leaving, even if it's just being a good father, a good uh, a good partner um, uh, in some way. That, that we all have a, a part to play. And, um, and so more than anything else, I, I feel like my journey is about really finding what that is for me and finding, and, and I find so much that what I heal in myself affects the others. When I bring others to their own healing, it affects people that I don't even know. And it reverberates out from that. And if we could all just do our part individually, uh, individually, however we serve the collective, the, the, this this ascension of consciousness that we're move, that we're moving in w- w- would happen a lot more easily. Uh, well, your specific gifts, as as you continue to do your work in spiritual intuitive counseling, shamanic healing, Reiki, chakra balancing, breath work, wh- when you walk down the street and come across somebody, their energy precedes them. Of course, what what do you? pick up on people? Do you go to the supermarket and like, oh, that dude's got cancer? Or how, how, what do you see in people? How do you read people? Uh, Is it something that you, you know, is it mathematical for you? Is it intuitive? How do you, how do you come across? I mean, even our conversation, we clicked before we got on the, 
on the air. And it was like, oh, I, I know this guy already. And it was great. And it's been great. But how do you how do you work? How do you live? How does all of this sure. integrate in your day to day life? Sure. Well, I, I don't read anyone without their permission. So, uh, you know, if I'm in the supermarket and someone hasn't asked, I'm not I'm not really picking up on that. That's not my that's not my job. Um, but that said, uh, there from a shamanic perspective, what are we doing? We're looking at the hidden reality. We're looking at the thing that's underneath what's being presented. So if you think of uh, from if you think of consensus reality, that's one piece of an apple pie and shamanic reality is the entire rest of the pie. It's all that which doesn't meet the eye. And there is so much that doesn't meet the eye. So what I'm what I'm tuning into um, is are the things underneath. So if, if someone comes to me with a problem, their life's falling apart, they've lost their job, they're uh, they're they're questioning long held values. I know that underneath those difficulties are the hidden gifts of the soul yet unseen and so my job is to actually see uh, is to begin to see how are these difficult difficulties happening for them in the same way when someone comes to me and they're just not in their inspired self my job is to my job is to use my imagination to see them well so what I'm to see them at their at the height of their wellness. So what I'm doing is what I'm looking at is something that is not presented that I don't see in physical reality. And then I'm looking at either the cause underneath it or where that person is supposed to go. And it, and and so so that's sort of what I'm what I'm tuning into. I'm either tuning into the and it's all gifts. It's either the gifts of the problems or it's the gifts that are waiting for them. Uh, once they allow themselves to to um, to want that much. Okay, so for for the our listeners out there, what are some of the steps, the initial steps they can do to kind of raise their vibration, get with the collective consciousness to change it, be the best, heal themselves? What are some of the things? I mean, uh, is diet part of it? Do they need to meditate? Do they need to take on a holistic practice? Or what are some of this? this people are busy. There's a lot of stress right now. Sure. I always say that chaos creates opportunity, but for a lot of people, they're just under the gun and they've got to put food on the table and that's it. What can people like that, and plenty of them are our listeners, what can they do to get started on this path to ascension, if you will? Sure. Well, certainly anything that's practical, like you know, meditation practice or eating well, all that's really helpful. Um, but uh, I would say, first of all, that the most important thing is to know that if whatever you work on in yourself really does affect the collective. And so the easiest way to look at what is it that I need to do, what do I need to look at, is to look at your life. Because if there are things in your life that you don't like, that means that there are thoughts and beliefs that created those things. And to begin to address those, what are, what are the habitual negative core beliefs that you tell yourself all the time? I'm not good enough. I don't have enough money. I don't look right. My nose doesn't look right. I hate my body. Uh, uh, all men are, all people are, all women are, uh, uh, you know, like whatever those negative core beliefs are, they are on autopilot. And unless addressed, they will continue to be on autopilot. And again, if we're not paying attention to what we're paying attention to, those things then then manifest into reality and they manifest in the things in our life that we don't like. So, th so the main thing that I would say for people to do is to actually sit down and write down what is the what what's the crap that I tell myself all the time? What 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 are the self-limiting beliefs? What are what are the and just let the negativity flow. Get it out so you know what it is and that's what you're up against. 
And then once you have your list of I hate my body and I'm not good enough and I'll never make enough money and whatever those are. And then yeah, and they'll come trippingly off the tongues. You tell them you sell them all the time and then rewrite them in their opposite and positive aspect, even if you can't believe it. And now you have a new list of beliefs and then you and then you work on it and you shift it and and moment by moment by moment you go there's the negative belief that's on autopilot i'm not doing that one anymore i'm doing this one now and it literally becomes a process where if you're diligent you can change the beliefs and in changing the beliefs changing your habituated thinking you are changing your reality and so so that's what i would say to do you know and it's interesting when somebody does this my experience has been when you write the positives the things that you've written about in the negative and you flip them around, it's actually difficult at first to write them in the positive because you don't believe them. And your, your hand, it's getting all scribbly while you're writing that because you really don't believe some of those and things. And let, yeah. let me give you ancient shamanic secret. Take it till you make it. <laughs> That's absolutely what you do because you're, you're not going to believe it at first. And why? It's not, it's not because we're dealing with a character flaw or you're not smart enough or anything like that that we learned these things about us as children. We learned these, th these negative things about ourselves, about life, uh, uh, as we were developing. And, th and they have more clout than our new shiny beliefs. They've been around longer. They have legitimacy. We've given them so much um, uh, attention. And so, um, and, so that's why, and so that's why you do have to fake it till you make it because you're actually saying, I see you there. I see that I've, I've tended to this negative belief in this way uh, and, and I've given it so much clout and legitimacy and space and I see you there and I see that that's your opinion, but we're not doing it this way. We're doing it this way now. And you do that over and over and over again. So there's a process in my book, the one you couldn't pronounce, Ho'oponopono, which is, <laughs> which is the practice around looking at those, those habituated patterns and, and giving them a new alternative, reconfiguring them, uh, uh, reframing them in such a way so that, so that they don't have the same clout and legitimacy because they're all just mistakes that we learned. And, we can, and, and just like you can teach a child uh, to do something differently or or uh, or or be different in the same same way we can teach ourselves at any stage of our development or age we can teach ourselves to shift those things as well got it jonathan hammond you are a guy's guy i got to tell you you're doing terrific work you've helped me just in this conversation hopefully we've enlightened some of our listeners they're enlightened already but i, I don't mean it in a uh, uh, you know, a judgmental way, but uh, hopefully we've imparted some wisdom, some new thinking, looking beyond that fence in the backyard, if you will, the shaman's mind, who in a wisdom to change your life is the name of the book. But I think a lot of people would want to work with you. Could you please tell our listeners where they can find out more of you? Obviously now uh, the one-on-ones uh, are being done virtual, but that's a good thing because you can reach more people. Yep. Uh, the easiest way to reach me is jonathanhammond.com. Perfect. Well, listen, yep, super thank easy. you so much. Thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, I hope we'll come back. We'll chop it up again. Terrific job. I love the work you're doing for mankind and for men and for helping define and redefine and getting helping guys kind of know who they are and what they can be. Um, it's important work. And uh, I thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. You do, Keep doing that great work you're doing, Jonathan. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City, 
The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, terrific conversation with Jonathan Hammond. We discussed his book, The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. And also we learned about the Ho Open Open O. I think I got that right this time. And how, uh, what did we learn? Really, it's like how spirituality travels. The tenets, the major tenets of spirituality and even religions around the world are basically the same. It's about recognizing divinity in everything including and most importantly in yourself and in others and leading a leading the best life you can and being of service and I think Jonathan's done a wonderful job and very interesting stuff there and uh, maybe we'll have him back so anyhow guys guys radio we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. There's a rebroadcast of the show every Sunday at 6 p.m. We're also, the podcast, you can catch it anywhere, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, Deezer, CastBox, Cast, Cast Podchaser, TuneIn Radio, KCAA.com. You can stream the show there, Blog Talk Radio, my website, robertmanny.com, and also my new YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and you just put in my name, Robert Manny, you'll go to Guys Guys TV, where we have uh, kind of the greatest hits of Guys Guys Radio. We've got uh, close to 50 shows up there now, and there's going to be more. And probably every show moving forward will end up on Guys Guys TV. So I hope you can join us there. My website, robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I.com. And there you can check out, there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of information there through my blogs. There's over 300 blog posts about everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. A lot of stuff about relationships that you might find relevant. And also you can download three free chapters of my novel, which is the source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it's about two guys in advertising in New York City competing for love, sex, power, and money. We've got strong women. We've got flawed men. And it's a rom-com. It's a romp. It's been called the male successor to Sex in the City. So I hope you can uh, give that a shot. And also subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes if you support us. That would be really fantastic. So thank you. And also, I'm all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now YouTube. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here for you every week. I've got plenty of shows coming up, and we've got a lot of fantastic guests, and I'm very, very appreciative of all my listeners and all my guests, and I can't wait to do it again next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Finish first.